0: What a wonderful, beautiful name it is. I want you to know, does anybody else know besides me today that there is no rival? There is no equal. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's disease or sickness, fear, shame, guilt, any sin. There is no rival. There is no, 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 there's nobody equal to God, to Jesus. And that beautiful name, Jesus, and that's all we need to know is is sometimes just we just need to, Just worship the name of Jesus and call his name out and just thank him for who he is and just give him the glory. Give him the praise and adore his beautiful name. But sometimes we get so caught up in life and so about ourselves and what's going on in our own life and we get kind of selfish with our thoughts and and our processes and and, and, uh, we don't do that. We only call out to him when we need him. And then we talk about how beautiful his name is. It's time that we get to the place where we start calling out how beautiful His name is when we don't need Him. We start telling Him how wonderful He is and how great and mighty He is when we don't need Him. We need to start thanking Him when we don't need Him. Because it's supposed to be a lifestyle, right? We're not just supposed to live this thing and have this relationship with Jesus just when He's needed. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit is, is, is not we, how much we need Jesus, but we're talking about revival life. Revival life. You know, if if, if I, when I say the word revival, all kind of things go through y'all's minds. If you're older and you're you're an older person, you might think about a little tent full of sawdust and fold-up chairs. You know, if you're if you're if you're a little bit younger than that, you may think about a, a big a big uh uh place where you, you go um a, a, called camp meeting, where everybody comes together from all for all the churches in, the, in, in in the denomination or something, and you get together, and that's camp meeting revival. You know, um, or maybe you, 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 you just remember it being a, a church marathon that you went to church every night for like seven days, 12 days, 15, until the pastor says God's done. God was done a long time ago sometimes, and we still had those revival nights, right? But the thing is, is that, that, that maybe that's what your thought process of a revival is. Maybe if you're a history buff in here, like we have several, I know that the, you know the, the revival to you maybe is the first awakening back in in the 1740s, where, where Christianity permanently made a mark on the United States of America, or maybe the second great great American um, awakening. In 1790s, where uh, the church membership soared, especially with, with uh, the Baptists and the Methodists. And then the Third Great Awakening in the ni- 1850s, um, actually in 1886, is where we find the roots of the denomination of the Church of God. That's where the roots started right there. And, and maybe it's the Brownsville Revival that was from 1995 to year 2000, where they had 4 million people go through that church in a period of 2-3 to years, I think it was. It was amazing. I went there. It was, it was a revival. Man, I, it's the only place I've ever been. I've always picked the people when they said this, but literally happened when I went to the place, and, I, there, you know, there's a curb. When I stepped foot on the, the, on, the, on the property, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that might have been, you know, just something that I was thinking, but I, I feel like it was my expectation. I knew He was going to be there. I came to meet Him there, and when I got there, He was there waiting on me. You know? If we'd come to church that way, Holy Spirit... Same thing would happen here, right? God would, When if we come ex- expecting, the, 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 the breeding ground for, for, for miracles is the expectancy of what we believe for God to do in our lives. Last week we had an incredible time in the Lord, and God just really moved. The Holy Spirit touched us and blessed us, and we felt that. And that can happen again today, and it, hopefully it happened to you during, 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 your, during, during your time of worship. And if it hasn't happened yet, it can happen um, today or, or this week, because you, we're going to talk about how to, to get back to revival, because revival um, is is an individual thing. We're going to talk about it being an individual thing, not a corporate thing yet. You know, because I'm talking about a true, true revival where it happens within you. I'm not talking about a revival where, like you said, you have a bunch of churches together and you have a bunch of this, a bunch of that. I'm talking about something that happens within each and every one of us. And, and, and the word revival is derived from revive, which means to to to, you know, something, bringing something from the dead. Another, I want to talk about two other um, definitions. Though. One is an improvement in the condition or strength of something. An improvement of a condition or strength of something. <clears throat> in Isaiah forty thirty one, But those who trust in the Lord, King James says, those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. An improvement in the condition or strength of something. So those who wait or trust in the Lord will find revival. <clears throat> they will soar high on wings as it like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I never looked at that scripture until I thought it till I was studying this right here. And, and, and I've always looked at that scripture kind of differently. but when you think about it, if, if you have revival in your life, you're going to soar like wings. you're, you're, you're on a mountaintop. Are we back on. Yes. I am sorry, family. I did not want to move forward without you being a part because you were part of our church and you are part of our congregation. You were part of Kingdom Impact. We didn't want to move forward without you. So I wanted to stop, take a moment to do that. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for everybody in here for your patience. We're talking about revival. So we talked about getting new strength. So what where at in your life do you need new strength, new conditioning? You know, like I said, I, my friend just said I, my batteries needed conditioning. They needed new new strength. I need a new strength in my pack there, right? You know, but but is it in your spiritual life? Is it in your thinking that you need revival? Is it in your home? Is it in, in your marriage? Is it in your job? Is it in your finance? Or it is or do you need revival in your dream? In the destiny that God has created for you? Where at do you need strength? Where at do you need to be able to mount upon wings as eagles? and run and not be weary and walk and not faint we need that right now today not just us our, our town our city our state america the world needs revival but the thing is there was some there the, the second the second definition is an instance of some excuse me a, an instance of something becoming important again and this is where i want to settle for a little bit today because there was once something in your life, if you ever had revival, and you felt revival, and you felt that fire burning in you, <clears throat> you're like, well, what's individual revival, Pastor Doug? It, it's, it's where you feel that fire burning in your soul, and you think about Jesus, and you're thinking about souls, and you're thinking about God, and you're thinking about what you want, He wants you to do, and you're, you, he, it's just, you're just consumed with God. I'm not saying where it consumes and, and you can't function any other way, but I'm saying you're just consumed in your spirit with God. And, and, and to get to that place, there was some place that you went that, that, that you have left and neglected for some reason. The book of Revelations re, um, has a scripture, Revelations 2, 2 through 5. And I think I mentioned this in the last couple of weeks if I was talking about heaven or hell. But I'm coming at it from a different prospect today. He was talking to the people of, of Ephesus. He was talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says, I know all the things that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know that that you don't tolerate evil people, that you have um, examined the claims of those who say that they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are all liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have a complaint against you. (laughs) Man, does that scare anybody besides me? that God might have a complaint against me. You know say, Hey, he's like, Doug, you know, hey, you doing good. You're preaching good and you doing this. But, but I got I to gotta complain against you. Man, I do not want God to ever have a complaint against me. Let me always walk in in the power and authority and the trust of Him and let me seek seek His face and let me turn from my wicked ways and always never get to the place where God has to look at me that it's gotten so bad that it's not just an issue. It's just not a little situation. It's I got a complaint against you. That, that, That just struck me when I read that. I don't want God to have a complaint against me or our church. You don't love me Or each other the way you first did. You did it first. Then this is the next thing that grabbed me. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove the lampstand from its place among you. Wow, that is so powerful. That is so challenging to us. He, he was saying in, in verses 2 and 3, he was saying, Ephesus, you are dynamic, you are dedicated, you are determined, you are disciplined, and you are discerning. Go back and read it. Those are the things that he's told them. He said they were dynamic, they were de- dedicated, they were determined, they were, they were disciplined, and they were discerning. All those great things. He says, look, you were, you were powerful, man. You were on fire, man. You were, the, you were, you were, you were dynamic. Man, what a word. You were dedicated, you were were committed You were determined, you weren't going to give up You were disciplined, you know what to do, when to do, how to do And you were discerning, you knew what was right and what was wrong And who was right and who was wrong It says in verse 4 though, but nevertheless I have this against you That you've left your first love See everything about the Ephesus church looked good on the outside They all came to church and they did their thing And they looked good, they smelled good, they acted good you know, but they, they weren't good on the inside. You know, the scripture talks about you're like, you're like, you're like um, dead man's tombs. You're like you're on a, in a gravesite. There's a tomb there, you know, and, and you got it all nice and pretty and, and looks real pretty. And you got it all, you got Clorox and it's just nice and pearly white, but in the grave there's death. On the outside, we got the outside all night looking nice and smelling nice. And, and we, 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 we get the present, presentation that we're right with God. But when the inside, we are crumbled and we are crippled and we are crushed by the enemy. And we've allowed that to happen. Why? Because we have lost our first love. We have turned away from him. We have allowed... Fear and and, and anxiety and depression and and COVID and and, and life and struggles and trials and tribulations to make us somehow let loose of that hand that we used to hold all the time. It doesn't matter if you have it all together on the outside, if inside you don't. So what do we need to do, Pastor Doug? Well, let's go back to that scripture again. Revelations 2 and 5. What's the first thing he says? Remember how far you have fallen. So we need to go back. We need to go back and remember. Wait wait a second. How far have I fallen where I was? Let's see here. When, let's, let's think back to a time that I really felt like I was on fire. And now look where I'm at today. Okay? So, so wow. So, so let me go back just a little ways. Let's not go all that far. Where did I start letting loose of the hand of God? and That relationship. Where did I start releasing that, and and, and I wasn't so close, and I wasn't so intimate? Where where did that place start at? Where did that happen? Go back and remember that moment, and think about the moment where you started to slip. Think about what made you start to slip, and start thinking about that moment, and then think back, okay, well, where was I at prior to that on fire, and then what got me there? Remember. You know, we have an iPhone, right? Uh, if, 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 if you're cool, you have an iPhone. You know, if you're not, you might have an Android or a Google Pixel or whatever, okay? But, but the thing is, though, is on my iPhone, I can, I, if I lose my phone, I can, I can go to my, find my iPhone or find my friends, and I can find my iPhone where I last left it. We need to go back in, in the app of our mind and find out where did we leave God? Because he's still there. We have strayed away. He hasn't left. He's still there waiting for us to come back and waiting for us to say, okay, hey, can I hold your hand? He wants to hold our hand. So we remember. Number two is an easy one. In in Revelations 2 and 5, it says to repent. The next logical step is to repent. Yeah, but Pastor Doug, God's forgiven me for my sins and and, and I'm clean and he's, he's died for all my sins. Yeah, but we need to have a repentant heart. We don't need to get to the place, you know, even, even though my children, I've forgiven them before they've done whatever, and I know that my, my, my children do something wrong, I already know they're forgiven, and they already know they're forgiven, but the thing is, those is when, whenever they do something wrong, I want to hear, I'm sorry. It shows a repentant heart. The, I don't want to be so pious that I say, oh God, I know you forgive me, hey, so I'm good. I did the thing, but, but I know I'm saved, so it's good. I don't want to be pious. I don't want to be proudful. Pride cometh before fall. And when we start thinking we're thinking that we're that secure, we're not. And then number three, it says to repeat. Revelation 2 and 5 at the end, it says, go back and do your first works over again. Go back, remember, repent, and go back and remember again and think about: hey, what, what did I do to get on fire? What was my first works? Okay, and then think, you know what, let's go even deeper than that. Here's what I did to really get on fire. I started studying God's Word. I started praying, and I started doing this right here, and I started going to church on a regular basis, I started paying my tithes, I started serving, I started loving, I started evangelizing, I started doing all these things, and I started, but, but, but but to get to what got you to even to that, let's go back further. My love for God caused all that stuff to happen. So don't just go back and start trying to read the Word. Go back and and find your first love. Go back and, and start praying in prayer till you get to the place where you just long for God's presence, where you just long to hold His hand, where you just long to feel His touch, where you just long to be in His presence and just sit there. We just long, I mean, I was worshiping last night. I was studying, man, and I was playing that song "Worthy," you know, by Jesus Image and John Wiles. And man, it just—it just has a little portion of that song, but it just says it. It just says it over and over and over and over again. And the power of God is on that little YouTube video. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube video, man, and it just, and it just says, you know, "Worthy is your name," you know, Jesus. You're, you know, you're worthy to be praised, Jesus. It's just over and over and over and over. But I'm like, you know, as a matter of fact, Gene and Cindy was watching. they said. They thought it was gonna be the whole song. They said, Well, this is just a part of the song. I said, What else needs to be said? Worthy is your name, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Jesus. What a beauty. That's all. I just, that's what I love. I actually, that's why I love that song. That, that little video is because I, I posted on my Facebook page. Go back and watch it. It's just because of the power of God. They just start worshiping. I just a I, just pure worship. Just the intimacy with God. We've lost it. The intimacy. Into me you see. That's what it is. That when you get intimate with somebody, you see into them. They see into you. We, we, but, but we want to see into God, but we don't want Him to see into us. We're like Adam and Eve. We're naked and ashamed and are, and, and Guilty. But we can't cover up enough from God. He knows where we were at and what we were doing. So He wants us to go back and do our first works and fall in love with Him again. You are say, "Well, I love God, but do you love Him today like you used to?" Yeah, you love Him. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're going to heaven. But do you love Him like you used to? Did COVID? Did life? Did marriage? Did did kids? Did did work? Did God? Did the government? Did did it? Did it? Did it make you lose a little bit of your intimacy with God? Why did we let that happen? God is our provider. God comes to bring life and life more abundantly. But the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, and we let him do it. When we know that's what he came for. And we weren't prepared for it. You know, as a, as a kid, you, I heard him, and the pastor was preaching all the time. Lord, send us revival. And I was like, I thought, we, I thought, I kind of thought things were really good right now. I kind of felt like we were in revival. I kind of feel like I'm in revival. But like every Sunday, he would always pray, you know, God send us revival. Way when I was a little kid, and it was almost like it was something that, that, that you prayed for that you never got. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was good, and you you, you oh I got revival. No 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 God send us revival but it is attainable you can walk with god and talk with god you can be in a place where you can you, you, you can maybe not i just i just can't wait to get to heaven to walk in the cool of the day with, with jesus and with god and in spirit but the thing is is, is i don't want it, it is very attainable for us to happen and we can experience it i want to have a revival a revival i want to have a revival lifestyle I want to experience the power of prayer. I want to be able to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Yes, I'm human. Yes, I'm going to fall in the flesh. Yes, I'm going to do wrong. Yes, I'm going to mess up. But I want to walk in the spirit to where most of my life, because if you're a Christian, I don't think it's it's, 50-50. I don't think because you're a Christian, you're going to struggle, you're going to sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't think half your life is sin and half is good. It's just, no, more of your life should be walking in the spirit than walking in the flesh. So, why don't we do that? Why, why are we all the time thinking it's 50 50? So, therefore, since we think it's 50 50, we accept 50 50. I personally don't think that you have to go around and that you necessarily sin every single day. I think sometimes when you're, you're doing stuff, and I know I've been at conferences and stuff where I've been on fire, and I've been praying. I mean, I just know there's days that I went through that I just know. I said, like, God, in my heart, man, I don't feel like I've wronged you because I'm just so in love with you right now because when you go on a date, remember that first date you went on that you just that after you just fell in love with your sweetheart, you know, and you're sitting there, and you're just, you're not going to cheat on that person when you're in that kind of setting where you're just head over heels, and when you first told them, I love you, and they said, I love you too, honey. That, that moment, there's nothing that's going to cause y'all to cheat on each other. So when we're at a place where we're like, God, I love you, you died. he's like, I love you too, son or daughter. You know, I, I sent my son for you. In that moment, we, we ain't going to cheat on God. So we need to get to that place and walk in the Spirit where we have that that love, that intimacy with Him, our first love, and fall back in love with Him enough so we can walk more in the Spirit than we do in the flesh. Well, Pastor, what does that look like? Whenever you have revival, what's it going to look like? It's going to look like that you're going to have a desire for souls. You're going after that crown of righteousness. You want souls to be saved. Everybody that you know that's not a Christian will hurt your heart. You may not can get to them. You, may, you might even be, not even be the one to speak to them. But whenever you are, you know that someone does not, you walk down the street and you see someone sinning or acting in a way that you know they shouldn't and you know just by your discernment that they are not with Christ. That will hurt your heart. Not, look at them. Who do they, oh my God, they're going to hell. No. It will be, oh my God, they're going to hell. God, if I'm not the one, send somebody. God, help them. Don't let them. God, this is my enemy. No, God, help my enemy. Help my enemy. God, help me. It looks like growth. You grow individual individually and corporately. All of a sudden you have this desire to commit you have a desire for change. You have a desire for freedom. You have a desire. You, now all of a sudden, you have more of a passion for Christ and things of God. You have peace of God. You have power with God. You have intense, intense presence of God. You have the kabod of God, the heavy weighted glory that's on you. And when you call His name, you don't have to pray for half an hour before you feel Him. You say Jesus, and then you get a little shake all of a sudden. You can get to the place because what's the problem is, is we get we 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 get away from him. So when we call his name, we got to get back to where where he's at. But he says, if you draw me near to me, I'll draw near to you. So we walk away, but he's like, but if you're going, you come what I'm gonna come too. I'm gonna meet you halfway. But we got to get back to that. But revival, if we want if we want revival in America you got to go way back. It's got to start with me, Pastor Doug. You. It's got to start with you. It goes from Pastor Doug to Pastor Doug's household to, past, to, pastor, or, or to, to the church I attend. I'm not saying my church. The, the church. And then it goes to our city and then our state, the East Coast, and then revival. That's how revivals happen. Every revival that I talked about from the 1700s, none of that, st- none of that started without it starting in individual people. Individual, individual people prayed for revival. And it started in them, and then it went in their little small group, and then it went to their church or that they met, met and then it went to their city, and then it spread. Every one of them. So we got to quit looking for revival in our city when revival has to start with us first. So why is the enemy attacking your home? Because he don't want our city to know about Jesus. Why is he attacking you in your personal life? Because he don't want your household to be saved and to be godly and to be honorable. That's why he's attacking, because he's attacking down the line. He wants to attack, attack, attack you and your household. Because if he can mess you and your household up, it'll never get to the church. See, see, see it? See how the progression goes? So he wants to stop. Either, that's why he comes against you and your, your household. Your household and you. You and your household. Because if he can stop it there then he'll never get to it. Because once it gets to the church then it ignites. And a fire begins to burn. And then when the fire begins to burn then it goes to the city. Because they go out into the city. See we're getting ready to enter a brand new year. So what do we need to do? We need to ask the question, well, what needs to be fixed? What area of my life is causing me stress and fear? What area of my life, that, 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 what area of my life needs attention? Where, where, where at in my life do I need attention at? What, or am I just going to ignore the part of my life that needs attention? I've had many people say, Pastor Doug, I don't play the lottery, but if I ever did, I'd build, I'd build us a church. I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you are saying that you would if you did, but you don't, so that'll never happen, okay? Now, okay, this point is way bigger than playing the lottery, so I'm not saying go play the lottery, so please don't go do that, okay? You know, but if you win, I will take the money, and we'll bet on the church, okay? Praise <laughs> Jesus. The, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, so come on, let's do this. Son. Okay, no, but what I'm saying is, is that, that, you know, if, if you have a crisis in your home, You can't try to go fix it at work. And if you have a crisis at the home, until you fix what's at home, if I have a gunshot wound, I am bleeding profusiously. There is an attention need right here. Until I put pressure on it and get help for it and put attention for it, it's going to hurt me, it's going to bleed out, and I'm going to die. So where at do you need attention in your life? Where are you bleeding out at? Where is the blood coming from? Where's Christ's blood that's infused in you, bleeding out and making you lose lose love for our Father? Where's the gunshot wound at? What what gunshot wound has caused you to to start bleeding out? We need attention to that part of your life. We got to invest in things that are hurting us. We got to invest time in, in situations where we're bleeding out at. You know, in, in Luke um, 8, 40 through 48, it talks about the woman with the issue of blood. She was bleeding out. She had this issue of blood, and she had to get to Jesus. But she knew, you know what, I need attention. I, I, I've had this, 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 this um, issue of blood for all these years, and I've got I've to bring attention to it. I've got to fix it. I've got to stop the bleeding. And so she went, and she grabbed the hem of God, Jesus' garment. And he said, Woo, I felt virtue flow from me because of her faith. We need to get back to praying. You know, in, in January, we'll do, we'll do some type of, of 21 day you know, fasting and praying. And I'm talking about fast. I'm not talking about just pushing the plate back and not doing nothing because that's just a, a big diet. I'm just talking about being intentional and, and, and pushing back things, doing without things, and doing with more Jesus. Just stopping doing this stuff. Yes, that's a sacrifice. But the obedience part, the obedience is better than a sacrifice. Is saying, okay, God, I'm not doing this, but now I'm trying to get closer to you. When you fast without trying to get closer to God, that's just a spiritual way of you saying you're fasting when you're just really on a diet trying to lose a pounds. But we have to be intentional and we have to say no to things of our flesh and yes to Jesus. Number 2. So the first thing we ask, the first thing we got to ask is what needs to be fixed and then we ask the second question is what changes need to be made to fix it? Do we need to change the way we spend our money? Do we need to change the way we invest our time? Do we need to invent, change the way that we that we think? Do we need to change the way that that we honor God? Do we need to change the way that we serve or do church? Do we need to change the way that we use our alone time? Do we need to change the way that we treat our spouse or our kids? Do we need to change our priorities? Do we need to change the way that we parent? Do we need to change the way that we think or act? What needs to change for this to happen? It's something in us that needs to change. It's not things and other people we always want to say this needs to change and it's you when we when it's us that needs to change is it possible that what you're doing is not working maybe you're trying something right now but is it possible that what you're trying is not working let's allow the, the Bible to be a blueprint for living what is it what is it the, the adage says that, that basic instructions before leaving earth Let's look at this blueprint. Let's look at the, the, the manual for life. You know, you have a car manual that tells you everything about your car. This is our manual that tells us everything about life. What is it that needs attention? What is it that could be better? The next, when the, you know, oh, uh, one more thing about attention. If you get chapped lips, and it's wintertime, if you don't put some, some Blistex or some lip gloss or some kind of something, something Carmex on your lips, what's going to happen? They're going to crack, break, and bleed, Right? But if you see that they're getting chapped, we need to address that. Don't wait till they're bleeding to start addressing something. Don't wait. If you see a soft spot in your life, you see a weak spot in your life, you see a spot that you're struggling in, you're having a small trial in, start dealing with it now. Don't wait till it becomes a crisis. We wait till things get so bad and then, oh, God. He's like, I gave you every reason to go ahead and try to deal with this. I tried to help you. I, I, I let you see the symptoms. I'll let you see it was getting bad. I'll let you see this, and you'll wait until now to come to me. It can cripple us if we don't do it right and we leave it unchecked. Number three, what needs to be cleared, I mean cleaned up. 1 Peter 2 and 1 says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. We, we need to get rid of things. You know, um, I was back here the other day, me, me and um, Kevin was back there last week sometime, and we were, we were um, cleaning out stuff, and it felt so good. You know, I'm kind of somewhat of a little hoarder, so I have issues with, like, throwing stuff away sometimes. So it was, it, but it felt so good to, to throw it away. I knew I didn't need it, and I finally got rid of it. I even threw away some stuff that Craig didn't need that he keeps back there. <laughs> so, but I, I got rid it. felt so good to look at, and now to walk back in that room and look at it, I'm like, oh, I can breathe. You ever feel like that? Maybe, you know, at your house sometimes when it's a mess in between the holidays and stuff, or all the time. Um, you know, I've had those days. But, but, but what remains things that are important, what remains are things that are important. If you go back there right now, most everything back there is important and necessary. So when you get rid of stuff, you throw stuff away out of your life, and you, you cut stuff off and allow God to put you on the, the, the spiritual the wheel and, and, and the clay and let you be the clay, and he takes off what you don't need. What's left is what is important and necessary. But we want to keep on to unnecessary parts. Galatians 5, 19 through 23 says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature or your flesh, the results are very clear. When you follow your flesh, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft, um, hostility, quarreling, um, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Woo! He just calls them out. Almost every one of them. It says, let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone who is living these kind of sorts of things will not inherit the um, the kingdom of God. But, I love the buts, you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you're living like this. Turn turn to your first love. But, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we turn to God and we go back to our first love, these fruits begin to to blossom and bloom again. Let go of what needs to die in your life so you can embrace the ability to live. And then the last little point here is what needs to be done that isn't being done. I feel like sometimes at church we always tell what you don't need to do instead of what you do need to do. We do need to come back to God. We do need to pray. We need to we need to read our word. We need, to, we need to do whatever it takes for us to get back to want to hold his hand again. We need to get back to that song, that song that says, You know, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. When that song was written, I forget the, the reason why, but they 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 wanted to talk about that that before they had music that it was just song. It was just words. The song came from my heart. There wasn't no instruments, you know. And they're talking about, let get back to the heart of worship where it's just all about you. Isaiah 43 and 19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and the dry wasteland. We talked about it we felt we felt in the spirit last week it wasn't just a good service you know we, we have lots of good services and where we feel the power of God but we felt something shift in the spirit last week and I believe in the middle of this dry wasteland in the middle of this wilderness God is saying I'm doing something new and I'm about to explode and revival is here but we have to receive that and we have to stay close to him as individuals and as a church Holding his hand, letting him lead us and guide us and direct us and help us. We got to return to our first love. Revival is so important. We need to rise up and do what God's called us to do, and quit quit being pansies and just so so soft-minded and so soft-thoughted that that we just that we just. You know, just feel so defeated, and all the time we're just always just always busted and disgusted, and we're just oh, this and that at COVID. And yeah, that's fine. I understand all that. Everybody is ha- dealing with that mentally and emotionally, but God. But God. That message that, that we pray, we could preach that message. We just need to come in and preach every week, man. That's probably the best message I could ever preach, but God. Because whatever you're going to come in and tell me, but Pastor but God, it's be the answer. Stop your mid-sentence. Man, I'll tell you why. But God. But God will come in and revive us. But God will heal us. But God will help us. But God will strengthen us. But God will, will, will help us amount upon wings as eagles and run and not be weary. And walk and not faint. It's time today that we all have a moment of self-check. I've been checking myself all week long because I want to be what God wants me to be and I want you to be what God wants you to be and I want you everybody here online I want I want God I want you to be what God wants you to be so can we just have about I don't know 20 30 seconds and just pray for because because if we're going to have revival in America and we're going to pray for our nation everybody pray for our man we didn't we, they're empty unless we have something to pray with so let's go ahead and, and we're going to try to start I'm going to have some time I don't know if it's before the year, the new year if not definitely after the new year during that 21 days and maybe past and you know, probably sometime before then we may have a time that we have a time that you come here to the church and, and, and just maybe at least once some between now and the end of the year and then some after that and pray you know, you know just, just the time to get on our knees and pray and seek God I think that's important. Right? And I already know a lot, not a lot of people are going to come because of people don't like to come pray. They want God to move without prayer. They'll come to a church service because it's going to benefit them. But when they come just to pray, and it's going to benefit God and benefit others and eventually benefit them, we just don't look at it that way. We don't want to do that. Across the board and all, all, all of Christianity, the least attended services prayer meetings. Dear God, help us. It shouldn't be that way. We're serving food. Everybody will come. Now we're going to pray. Everybody leaves. We're serving food after we pray, people show up. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. Oh, y- oh, y'all just finished? We got to get to the place where we don't loathe prayer. We got to get to the place where we don't mind spending time with God. So let's just take just, just 30 seconds real quickly and just have to do a little self Self, self look inward not on the outward but on the inward and just ask God when I was at my most excited in Christ with you God when I was on fire for you and I didn't care what anybody thought I didn't care what anybody said I just wanted to tell everybody about you God how far have I fallen from then to today God I want to get back I want to get back to where I was I want to get back to that God what needs to change what do I need to fix what needs to move change my mind help me renew my mind God because I don't want to be away from you And things are only going to get worse and worse and worse until you come it has begun the end times are here Lord so it doesn't matter how great a person is or how bad a person at leads. it doesn't matter God we need you regardless of what happens from this point to the end we need you and you need us because now is not the time to be slipping, Father. Now is not the time for us to be slipping. In the end times especially. If anything, we need to be more on fire than we ever were before. Because people need you now more than ever. So help us, Lord. Help us return to our first love. Lord, I don't have but half the the distance to get back to that. Because you said if I draw near near to you, you would draw near to me. So even though I've fallen this far, you're going to meet me. Let's start today, God, with revival in our personal lives. So we can go to our families. So we can go to our city. Because we're here to serve others, Lord. Not serve ourselves. Revival in our hearts, Lord, not so we can feel good, but so we can be used, used by you to lead others to Christ. Search our hearts, Lord. Search our motives. Search our intentions. Search our thoughts and attitudes. And God, help us to get back where you want us to be. And I'm not talking about an emotional frenzy, Lord. I'm talking about a solid, Roaring fire that just burns and burns within us. I'm not talking about wildfire, Lord. I'm talking about a solid, mature fire that's never going to run out. And some of us today, God, are, have just a little fire. Some today, Lord, may have just some hot ashes or some coals or maybe just some embers. But God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you breathe your breath across them embers and let it ignite again so we can just be on fire for you so we can return with intimacy with you to be close to you Lord to get close to you Lord thank you Father thank you Lord start with me Lord start with me hallelujah we love you Lord thank you for meeting with us once again thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit presence we just pray that you bless those in this room bless those who are our family online and God just just do something in us and we're just excited about what you're going to do excited to meet at the gathering God where we can get together and, and share and talk about small groups and talk about life and, and we can pray together and, and give you thanks God it's gonna it's not new we're not just eating it's gonna be a, a, a spiritual moment a spiritual time it's gonna be a spiritual meeting and we thank you for that God we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus name amen and amen amen well God bless you and God keep you may his face shine upon you and give you rest and peace and bless your family and your family's family and your children's children. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And um, we love you. You're a big deal to me. and You're a bigger deal to God. God bless you.